I'm Emma. And I'm Colin. And this is Frederick Uncut. We're talking about what you're curious about across the county with a new episode every Tuesday. This week, in a special edition of Frederick Uncut, we delve deeper into an investigation published by the Frederick News Post last week. The investigation found Frederick Community College President Elizabeth Burmaster has been accused of bullying and abusive behavior for decades in her prior roles as an educational leader. These complaints are nearly identical to current complaints being lodged by FCC faculty. We'll hear more details not included in the investigation from the faculty who came to the news post anonymously in the form of emails and off-the-record calls. So, I'm here with Emma. How are you, Emma? Good, how are you? This story, this investigation was by you. Yes. So that's, we are going to forego a guest this week. Yes, well, this week our guest is going to be in the form of these emails, Mm -hmm. um, and I'm hoping to read a couple for you. Okay, do you want to get into that right away? Sure. So this first email is from a current FCC faculty member, and I'll just jump in um, in the middle here. Burmaster Burmaster will be able to point to a few instances where feedback has been considered and incorporated, but in general, FCC is a complete dictatorship. It's laughable when she says that employees can give feedback. We did achieve a small victory by getting a task force form to study FCC's governance. However, the president has made sure many of her minions are serving on the task force, so its credibility is questionable. For many people, myself included, the policies aren't our biggest concerns. It's the bullying and hostile work environment that the president fosters. Interview senior leaders, past and present, of the office of the present office's staff to get a true flavor for what she's like. And and he goes on, but you know this is one instance of of such emails, and another I receive. Um, Did they reach out to you? Also anonymous. Yeah, yeah, and you know a lot of in these emails, a lot of these cases, um, they are reaching out to me, but. Um, once you start to talk to one person, you can kind of find other people to speak with. Um, this other email I received was after reaching out myself, and this was actually from a faculty member who had experience working from her, for, working for her a couple of years ago at her college, at Nicolay College in Wisconsin. This person asked to be anonymous, um, but this individual was commenting on reading my reporting in the news post and and just seeing how similar it felt um so this individual says it's all similar i'm not talking in universals just like i'm sure in frederick there are people who really like her but there was a sizable group that grew not to like her the phrase that became common among that group here is that she's a narcissistic bully period everything revolved around her and that can only go so far my heart goes out to those people We took it to the board, and they did the exact same thing they're doing in Frederick. They barely listen to us, and if you do get it on the agenda, it is edited and sanitized. So there's a lot of stuff here. Now, we should should back up, however, briefly. Uh, We did kind of touch on this uh, in the introduction, but this story published last Tuesday? Yes. Okay, last Tuesday. Uh, How long have you been working on it? I've been... Well, so I started here at the News Post in July. People had been reaching out to the paper for probably months. All of this really got started, um, I would say, this year, this calendar year. And 
um, more and more people um, started talking about it. Faculty members started talking to each other about their experiences, and they ultimately voted in no confidence of the president in May. And right directly following that vote of no confidence, which was a vote by the faculty assembly, um, the board voted unanimously to extend President Burmaster's contract. So this all really starts going back and we've started to hear rumblings about this all the way back to this past spring. But I have been working on this particular story, which kind of subverts um, President Burmaster's unwillingness to speak with us and subverts the issue of not many faculty are willing to speak with us, you know, on the record. I had written some other stories in the past from anonymous sources, but this investigation does not use any anonymous sources. And the reason I was able to do that is that most of these sources are not current FCC faculty members. It's it's a way to go into the past and see, is this something that has happened before? And, of course, the answer to that I quickly realized was yes. Did Have you heard anything about receiving the vote of no confidence and then yet receiving a contract extension. Have you talked to anybody about that and why, how they can sort of justify both of those things? It seems like a contradiction. Sure. So faculty were very, I think, disheartened upon hearing that. But when I spoke with um, current chair, Deborah Borden, she pointed out that uh, the board felt that they didn't have enough time to really investigate the claims they were hearing, that everything they were hearing was a surprise to them, and they had already had this ongoing, uh, I think, negotiation or conversation about uh, President Burmaster's contract. So the sense I got was that the process was already underway by the time of the no confidence vote. Um and so it just went forward. It just went forward. Is there any way that they could retract it on any level? No. <laughs> so her current contract does have a few um, clauses in it. Clauses that involve, um, you know, I- I bringing negative, um, uh, you know, negative. Um, feed negative press or, or a negative opinion upon the college that that is mentioned wow. in her contract um, but so far I have not heard any word about what what's going to happen there now we, we should update everybody too. you or they there was a closed door uh, session on Saturday I believe correct right so um, we got an email uh, last week after everything kind of started happening and maybe we could back up a little bit and just say last week you know the investigation was published in the Frederick News Post on Tuesday the following day delegate Bill Folden um, attended the Board of Trustees meeting on Wednesday. Um, and we have audio of that? Yes, we Ooh, do. Good segue. Yes, we do. And and um, Delegate Folden was kind of speaking to uh, his own experience, which is kind of similar to mine, of having faculty reach out to him and, and hearing different faculty members' stories. So we'll, we'll jump into that audio right now. And an opportunity to address a very serious concern that has been brought to my attention as the chair of the Frederick County Delegation. I've spent my entire career, from my service in the armed forces to being a law enforcement officer, or most recently as an elected public official in the Maryland House of Delegates, defending the rights and interests of the vulnerable, the powerless. It has been at the core of my mission. The situation I'm addressing this evening is no different. I was first made aware of the president's leadership style tactics this past May. 
Since then, I've met with numerous affected faculty and staff who were on the receiving end of her aggressive vocal outbursts up to and including alleged inappropriate physical contact. This simply cannot happen. In light of the new information brought forward by the Frederick News Post, and considering the board's recent decision to extend President Burmaster's contract during the same time frame these complaints were filed, I'm asking you, I apologize, I'm asking you to vote this evening to authorize the independent state agencies empowered by COMAR, MPEC, the Maryland Higher Education Commission, as well as MCCR, which is the Maryland Commission for Civil Rights, and others, to take a proactive approach to investigate these allegations. To request they conduct a fair, open, and thorough review process of these claims. As the Board of Trustees has already taken action on some of these complaints and not being fully aware of the scope and magnitude of the issues still outstanding that have been presented to me, nothing less than that will adequately, adequately address these concerns. Transparency is paramount as we continue down this path. As the president is a member of this board and in the chain of uh, command or in the chain of handling employee complaints, the structure of the current process gives the appearance of bias. This has made it difficult for others to come forward as they fear retribution and consequences their colleagues have endured for coming forward. Additionally, this is not the president's first documented issue with bullying style behavior towards employees or asking employees for hugs, making it seem as though all is good now. It is quite the contrary. This is a documented, documented series of inappropriate behavior in a professional higher education, educational institution, and we simply cannot allow it to continue. Finally, as an alum, the father of a student here, and an elected public official, I expect better, and all of you should demand it. It's not a matter of assuming the allegations are true or false. It's simply a matter of allowing a thorough, impartial, and complete investigation into these serious allegations to be conducted. I hope the board weighs the seriousness of these allegations and the need for them to remove themselves from this investigation to occur in the light of day so that we can all move forward with the results for a better FCC. Thank you. Thank you, Delia um, I think, let me say that we appreciate your comments. We absolutely do. Um, and um, we're going to have to discuss this as a board. We're not going to be able to discuss it tonight. We will put it on our agenda. We will discuss it. Um, and we will follow up with the two agencies that you uh, mentioned and have discussions with them. I can't commit to anything tonight because we need more information both from them and from my board members and we have to put it on the agenda, but we will. We will address your concerns. Well, clearly this is something that you're probably going to have to handle in a closed session um, and I would like to think that the idea of the seriousness and you being aware of some of these allegations and have already handled them is something that uh, the board will weigh very seriously and not delay, if nothing else, call a special meeting to get this addressed sooner than later because time is of the essence. Any uh, lack of action by the board um, is simply unacceptable. 
this is a serious issue that needs to be handled in a, in a swift action, thereby removing the board's um, any culpability that could be perceived by the board in being involved in this to allow a transparent uh, investigation to happen. So that was pretty powerful. Uh, what? Why do you think? Why is he um, kind of stepping up and leading the charge here? Right. So that first voice you're hearing is Delegate Folden, and that second voice you're hearing is Board of Trustees Chair Deborah. Deborah, pardon me, Deborah Borden. Um, you know, I think Delegate Folden has has um, spent the last few months, as I mentioned, talking with faculty members um, and and hearing the similar kinds of stories that that we've been hearing at the news post. You were there in the room for, for the audio we just heard. How Was that sort of a packed house? It was completely full, yes. And, and um, you know, I think people were there for a variety of reasons, but there were some faculty members there who were wearing these little pins that are sort of anti-bullying pins. Um, you might remember a couple weeks ago, someone um, spray-painted bully on the president's um parking spot so that's kind of become a a, a call or a, a signal when you're wearing this bullying pin that you're you're talking about president burmaster's bullying um so there were a few faculty members there um yeah and i and i will say um that borden did respond a little bit later to um to some of these um comments that folden um was making and and she just said, sort of at the end of the meeting, and you wouldn't have heard that in the audio, but, you know, a couple hours later, after the meeting had happened, she kind of said, you know, we've heard a lot of great things at this meeting today, but we've also heard some uh, difficult things, and I'm just paraphrasing, but she said something along the lines of, you know, my commitment to you is that we will take action. And, be, and she thinks she said at one point, you know, we're not in an ivory tower. We're down here with all of you talking to faculty. We're here with all of you. We hear these complaints and we're going to do something and, and we're going to take the appropriate action. So she really was firm at the end of the meeting that she and the rest of the board were committed to doing whatever needed to be done to to get things in a good place. And after she said that, President Burmaster said, that's my commitment to you as well. And that's all that President Burmaster said throughout the meeting. But that's kind of where things were left on Wednesday. Um Right. And then as as we were about to say, then um, on Saturday, just as Delegate Folden had said at the end, you heard him there calling for a special meeting. And that's exactly what happened. Um, All of the trustees um, gathered for a closed session meeting. They sent out an announcement about it. Of course, it was closed session. So we don't know what was discussed in that meeting or in that um, in that conversation. Um, but what have you been told? Have you been told, have you been lent any insight, I guess I should ask? But yes, so today we've heard from Chair Borden and um, I asked her a few questions about what exactly happened in that closed session meeting and she said uh, the board decided in that Saturday meeting, the board decided to send written requests to two of the agencies identified by Delegate Folden asking them to look into the allegations. She also said 
um, the board, the president, and the entire college administration will cooperate with any investigation that is undertaken by any authorized entity. So, um, you know, those entities were looking at uh, the CCR and we're looking at um, the MHAC. So uh, those two were the agencies that Delegate Folden brought up, and it sounds like those will be the agencies that would potentially carry out an investigation. Do you have any sense of how long the investigation might take? We do not know yet. Because it feels like that could be months. It does. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and there's a lot. There's a lot to get through. Like I said, you know, I've gotten all these emails. There have been all these different allegations. And um, Chair Chair Borden brings up a lot. You know, the, this is not a unified um, thing. This is from her perspective. She'll say, this is not unified. Everyone has a different complaint, a different experience, and different objectives, concerns, things they'd like to see happen. Um you know, they are, it does seem like a lot of the complaints that are complaints about leadership style, almost all of them use words along the lines of bullying or, or abusive behavior. Well, one of the things that sticks out to me, uh, and he mentioned this too in the audio we just heard, the whole hugging thing. Mm-hmm. She, so she's a, she's a big hugger. Did you, did you hear that from multiple people? Right. And, you know, I heard that a lot from actually female faculty members. Um, and I'm not sure, you know, I, and I can kind of um, read a little bit from um, one interview I had. And I quoted this individual in my article, but um, this kind of speaks to that because I did hear that that hugging thing again and again. And I was kind of trying to characterize it in my reporting as inappropriate touching, but it's not what you would think of when you hear that. So how do you kind of characterize that? Um, But I think more fully, I'll read this account here. And um, this is from a faculty member at Nicolay College where President Burmester um, previously was president. But she says, um, it all deteriorated one day in a meeting. The next morning, she came into my office in a suite of offices. She came to my door and asked if I had a few minutes. She almost basically slammed my door shut, sat down, and for almost an hour and a half, she totally lit into me. After the situation was over, staff members who could hear the whole thing said they were ready to call security. She screamed and yelled and did all kinds of things. She was out of control, which was actually pretty normal for her. I've never been so humiliated in my entire life. She made me feel like I had no idea what I was doing. And then now this part speaks to what we're discussing. The very next day, my teenage daughter came to meet me on campus, and we were walking the hall right as Libby, President Burmaster goes by Libby, Libby came out of her office. She walks up to me, and I know I have no choice but to introduce her to my daughter, and she stands there and tells my daughter what a great person and leader I am, what a great privilege it is to work with me. It was a total 360 degrees from the day before, and then she tries to give me a big hug. It just kind of put, I just kind of put my hands up and tried to walk away. It was very t- it was a very typical move. She to- uh, it was a very typical move. Totally eat someone up, devastate them as a person, then act like it never happened and the next day she wants to be your best buddy. She just intimidated she just intimidated and invaded my private space. And so that's one of the accounts that kind of gets at that. It's that there's a there's sort of a uh, some kind of uh, fight, conversation, discussion that the faculty member feels gets a little out of hand. And the next thing I know, the next thing that person knows, minutes later, or in this case, a day later, um, you're being hugged and all seems fine. 
I want to get to her character a little bit. I have two quotes written down here from your story that I think are awfully interesting. These both come from her. She says, quote, it's weird when people start saying things about you that you don't really understand or don't really recognize, uh, unquote. And then she also follows up later in the story by saying, I can't tell you over 42 years how many letters I've gotten as a supervisor. So this kind of, if she has been hearing all of this stuff for years and years and years, and she, the letters keep coming, is this, like you said, in Wisconsin too, there are a lot of people who feel like boards and officials just kind of turn a blind eye, even though these complaints have been you know, consistent throughout 42 years. Right. So that first investigation was conducted in 1994 when she was principal of a high school in Madison, Wisconsin. Wow. So 42 years is, is a fairly long time. What What is so interesting to me, and this, this goes with the story you just uh, read from the email, you know, she, she seems to be oblivious to this. She doesn't think that it's a big deal. Would you, would you agree with that, having talked to her? It's interesting. Um, so I have been, like I said, reporting this story for a couple of months and only had one opportunity to sit down and talk with President Burmaster face-to-face about these allegations. And, um, you know, as I tried to kind of show with my story, I opened with that sort of uh, line about... Uh, the music, the musical the metaphors. musical metaphors and the um, her comments about how she felt she was a perfectionist and was incredibly hard on herself. I think that that's true in the way she's thinking about it, that she um, really uh, works very hard and her work has a vision when she enters these schools, is very ambitious, is very hardworking. You know, in the way that she is thinking about it, um, it seems very true. But uh, it, it is tough when you pair, and, and that's kind of the question, is what's more important to a college what's more important to a community would you would you is it okay to have this kind of conduct happening if she's delivering these really great results for the college it, it really comes down to what your priority is well and you do have a, there's another quote from somebody i don't have the source down but it was quote i'm just saying that there are other aspects of her performance that are important that's kind of what you're speaking to right now. right that's from the chair deborah yeah. borden who we just heard yeah and and when it comes to that are there tangible things they can point to to say that she has brought this successful? So their points and and the board points very quickly to accreditation because they felt um, that they were in danger of losing their accreditation when they were searching for a president. They'd not had a consistent president for a while because of past issues. Um, they really wanted someone to come in, be consistent, and, and make some big changes. And... Um, you know that that did happen. A lot of a lot of policies were changes were changed. Um, liability concerns, insurance concerns were raised and discussed, and changes were made as a result. Um, so that's the first thing that board members point to when they're talking about uh, her success. When you you only talked to her once for an interview for about an hour. Yep. For about an hour, was that at her office? Yes, so she invited me into her office. I was seated there with her assistant and um, the spokesperson for FCC. Um, she uh, kind of showed me fo- framed photos she had on her desk of her grandchildren and her family. Um, and uh, she, you know, she did. She spoke about her successes and the work that she had done. And 
um, she did get a little emotional toward the end, you know, and just asking that I report this story fairly um, and and just kind of uh, speaking to the impact it might have on her. Did things ever get tense? Yes, they did. Um, particularly when I was when I was asking questions about the letter that I mentioned in, in my reporting. This is a letter from David Cast, who was then a faculty member at Nicolay College, um, and he. Uh, relays this incident where he says that she brought him a clock for his retirement and they have a discussion and she ends up according to his account throwing this clock at him in his direction knocking over his coffee onto his desk and she's yelling and storms out this is his recollection and i asked her directly did this happen she said flat out no this is not what happened. I said, okay, did you go to give him the clock? Yes, she said. I did go to give him the clock, but it didn't happen the way he described. And and from there, it, it did it did get tense asking me, you know, what is what am I trying to prove? Those kinds of questions with my reporting. So it did get tense when we were talking about that 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 letter and that particular situation. See that I want to go back to something I touched on a few minutes ago, then reading a couple of those quotes. Did you at any point or have you at any point feel like she's aware that this stuff has had like to me, it kind of feels like she's denying, denying, denying a lot of this stuff like this instance, this story with this man and the clock. She just says it flat out didn't happen. Is it like, well, that didn't happen. But I also know that I, I have a tendency to get mad. Does she ever say things like that? Um, I think she jokingly says you know oh maybe i could cut my hair oh yeah, you know right. oh i use my hands oh i'm i seem stern um I, i'm not sure and and when i i asked her a few times and i felt i had to ask her a few times just to be sure because i said first did reading this letter make you want to change anything about your behavior yeah. no okay. did and then i i tr- i asked it again did did hearing the no confidence vote make you want to change anything about your behavior no, she says, no, definitively, it, she, from her perspective, it just makes her want to understand where that's coming from. And from her perspective, this is something that every college leader deals with. And she's, she's dealing with people who don't like change, who don't like innovation. And she has no choice but to field these complaints and do what she feels is right for the college ultimately. So she thinks she's done. There's nothing that she's done wrong. Uh, she said she would not change her behavior. Yeah, okay. Um, this story comes out last Tuesday. Uh, big deal story. I know you had been working on it for a long time. Uh, you gotta be, it's got to be what one of your highlights here at your very long tenure at the Frederick News Post, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, that and this podcast. That and this podcast, yeah. yep. So it happens um, as soon as it hits the interwebs. Do you get response? Uh, how did that go? Yeah, so at that meeting I attended on Wednesday, had a couple people coming up to me and uh, thanking me, got a couple emails from Wisconsin, from right here in Frederick, just people feeling grateful from their perspective that the truth is out. Um, and did, you know, um, like I reported in my second story that, that kind of went along with the larger investigation, um, when I took what I had found from the investigation to the board and to a prior board member who was the head of the search committee, they both said that they had not heard of any of these kinds of 
allegations in her past when they hired her. So um, the the response to the news has been, um, I think the board members seemed surprised and um, faculty seemed grateful. How could you be surprised? There were reports of this. You, you found the reports from Wisconsin. You, like Google. No. Right. Well, um, the original investigation from 1994 was a little harder to find because in 1994, those Wisconsin State Journal archives are not available on the Internet. So it took a lot of calling and thank you to the editors at the Wisconsin State Journal for their help. Um, but y- yes, yeah, the the complaints um, from faculty were uh, entered into publicly available minutes in Wisconsin from, I believe, 2012. She was hired in 2014, so those complaints were out there before she was hired. Um, I know that uh, we are kind of semi-running short on time because we have other things that have to go on here in this fine podcast studio. Um but I, I have to ask you where we go from here and, and what uh, you yourself, I'm assuming this story is nowhere near over for you. You're still reporting it? Well, and I think now it's just a matter of seeing what happens with those two investigations. We'll wait to see if those investigations happen and if there are any findings as a result of that. And then the next step will be to see how the Board of Trustees responds to those findings. Um, with everything that's going on, and after the story is published, did you hear from Burmaster's camp at all? I did not. I yeah. saw her at the Board of Trustees meeting, but I haven't gotten comment from her since. Did you say hello? I did not. No, she was um, back in her, uh, she sits kind of in a corner of the, yeah, but she she did reaffirm her commitment at the end of that meeting. Yeah. As I said. Yep. Yeah. And as I told you as well, I mean, I, just being out and around town, people were talking a lot about this. And uh, there seems to be a lot of opinion, a lot of opinion. Uh, you can read all of those, all these stories, right? You can read them on fredericknewspost.com. That's right. Those archives will be up for longer than, <laughs> than only a few years, I, I believe so. Um, uh, finally, with with all this reporting, there, there are all these interesting nuggets. We talked about the hugging thing before, which still kind of baffles me in a weird way. What's, to you, the most interesting thing that you found? Were there any other sort of odd, odd nuggets about uh, information you either learned about her or some of her behavior or anything like that that maybe didn't get into the story? Um, I mean, th- yeah, the hugging thing is is interesting and unique, and it kind of shows that she... When she was quoted, she said that she hopes to get past conflict to change, to positive change. And I think that's her way of getting past conflict is trying to smooth things over. But, um, you know, one interesting quote I got from um, the union, uh, one of the um, one of the um, anyway, someone involved with the uh, union in um, Wisconsin was just the way he described President Burmaster as a politician and Mm -hmm. I I found that really interesting um, because um, I guess I'll just read this a little bit but you know he's saying here um, you know she's been gone for a few few years now and there's still this fear of her they don't want they speaking about the faculty faculty just don't want to be involved with this individual Um, and you kind of see just that when you're seeing her in person, you she she's 
64-year-old woman. She's had this very accomplished career in Wisconsin, ran for state superintendent, um, you know, did things during the recession to uh, help a small college in Wisconsin. Um, it's the duality of that. It's just really interesting hearing these things that people are terrified of her and just hearing their voice start to get a little shaky when you're talking to grown faculty members who are talking about somebody that they haven't worked with in four or five years just to hear them start to get a little upset even now and and how and how some of these people are telling me even now you know the school has not recovered um you know it hasn't rehab from her you know it hasn't the the relationship between the board and the faculty hasn't been repaired because you know I had multiple faculty saying that, that that they weren't listened to for so long that they just felt they couldn't trust this board anymore and they would do anything to retire or or leave so I just think the lasting impact and the fear and the and and the way that people still talk about her is really um yeah I, I mean in this in this um interview this individual says on a personal level I get along with Libby and you know this person didn't have any direct experience but then said my sympathy goes out to the folks dealing with this now it was horrific it was life-changing for many faculty here um, so that kind of description contrasts with the politician the grandmother he, he says she was very socially savvy professional and appropriate she knows the politics of the job what relationships and conversations she needs to have but when it comes to management structure with hierarchy in the room it isn't politics it's a structure of fear and she becomes a whole different individual i just thought that that was i didn't include that quote in the article but i think that that duality is just really really interesting and striking yeah, it's fascinating it's all it's all very powerful stuff and we're going to continue to keep an eye on all of the fabulous work you are doing on this story emma how can people follow you online i'm on twitter at at emma r kerr what about you that's oh i'm on twitter at colin padraic that's my middle name did you know that i did okay so Thank you for taking the time and explaining this more. I know that you have a lot more reporting. Hopefully, sure. we'll, we'll be able to, to get more of this as it goes forward as well because, I mean, you have pages and pages and pages of yep. stuff. So sure. Thanks so much. Thank you. You can listen to us on fmppodcast.com. This has been Frederick Uncut. We'll see you next week and we'll have a guest, right, Emma? Yep. All right. Thank you, Emma. Thank you, Emma.